Welcome to the Renovari Podcast. My name is Nathan Foster, and for this podcast, what I do is I write an essay, post it on renovari.org, and then I interview someone from the Renovari ministry team related to the topic with the essay. Today's topic is community. My guest is Gail Withnell. Gail Withnell has been a longtime Renovari ministry team member. Um, and what I really like about this interview is essentially what you're seeing is uh, a, a lay person uh, who would consider herself very ordinary, um, who's had this incredible ministry kind of under the radar of the world, uh, 35, 38 years of leading small groups. And what you'll notice is her incredible um, enthusiasm and passion uh, for for these groups. So at any rate, hope you enjoy. Thanks. Wait, I got to get my coffee. Oh, okay. I have my tea here. Oh, you do? <laughs> yes, cheers. What kind of tea do you drink, Gail? Uh, this is peppermint, but I usually do English breakfast in the morning, but I'm having to be a little careful with caffeine right now. Ah, sure. <laughs> Clear my throat. Okay. Um, the topic of community. What type of thoughts do you have on that? Well, I've taught small group uh, of Bible studies for 35, probably more closer to 38 years. Wow. And, um, and I've done small group for that long. Uh-huh. I began in Bible study fellowship in the 70s, and I was a teaching uh, a discussion leader, and I loved the format. And so when I moved out of that into my own personal Bible studies in my home, I've invited women from different churches and denominations. I have Catholic and Protestant. I have the Assembly of God and uh, Missionary Alliance and mm-hmm. Presbyterian. And there's a number of different denominations present in the Bible studies I teach. And I have always believed in my heart, almost from the beginning in the 70s, the Lord really made it clear to me that small group was essential to Mm -hmm. spiritual growth and uh, formation long before I heard of the term formation, Mm -hmm. spiritual formation. I, I knew that small group was the key to stability and Mm -hmm. growth Mm -hmm. in the Christian Mm -hmm. life. And I will use, for example, my friend Susie who has cancer now in her liver. When she first came to my group about 10 years ago, she was a very, very sad and, and a wounded person. She had come to Christ, but she had no understanding at all of how to walk with him or how to go deeper in him or how to really trust. She wasn't a trusting person. Mm-hmm. She admitted to me that she didn't like women, and here she was in a group of women mm-hmm. and had never found them to be trustworthy, including her own mother. And... Um, And so uh, watching her grow in that nurturing place Mm. over the years, she is a different person. Wow. Now she's dealing with stage four liver cancer. Okay. And unless she gets a liver transplant, she will not survive. Uh And, um, And yet, to see the joy of the Lord on her, it's just infectious. It Mm. really is. And I know it's because... This group has nurtured her for these years since she's been part of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, she has grown 
exponentially in how she sees the world and how she sees people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's a reconciler. And last year, she was invited at AA because she has attended for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, she was invited to speak at a large convention. And she shared in that with with that group of people who are her struggling and, and surviving and mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. outside of the framework of alcohol and drugs. And she shared with them what her small group had done in helping her and encouraged them to get involved in a small mm-hmm. group setting, which is very much like what, what a Renovari group would be. Right. Ours has always been, we study the Bible uh-huh. and, and then that just comes from studying in the scripture, deep discussions mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and then personal issues get, brought up and then we hold each other accountable Mm, that's it's been amazing have you had i mean some of these groups have you ran for multiple years then Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so in the last 30 years you've been doing small groups doing small group yes either it started out um in bible study fellowship Uh then i i just branched off and then i write all my own materials okay uh, my own questions and they're usually Renovari type questions, penetrating questions, long before I even knew about Renovari. God was leading me in that way. Uh And um, so that's why when your father first talked to me in the 80s to become part of the Renovari team, Mm -hmm. um, it was something that I already understood on a visceral level Mm because I had experienced it already, the, the importance of of going deep and then studying uh, reference material people that have gone before us. And I'm always getting these books for my girls, my gals. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them are in their fifties to their seventies. So, um, but, um, and so that they can, they can go deeper in their spiritual formation. Uh, oh, I, I love it. I mean, I think in terms of small groups as being, I mean, really critical, in, in our growth. I used to say to them, if Jesus believes in a small group of 12, then we should have a small group of 14. <laughs> we have 14. Uh, but uh, a small group, small enough so that we know each other. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. They, can, they can turn to each other and know that person will carry them in prayer. Yes. It's, it's what, just an essential part. Wait a minute. You mean the small group movement is, is not something new? That, uh, no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It started with Jesus. <laughs> oh, I can't, could you can you imagine? You know, three years of connecting with just a few people, right? Because I've done that and led that kind of a group, and I'm certainly not saying I'm anything like Jesus, but mm-hmm. I was to take that leadership. I felt clearly that's what God had pointed me to do, and I had women along the way that would come and say, we need to be doing these, uh, we should be just practicing the charismatic gifts. And, and then I'd say, I was called to teach the word of God. Mm-hmm. And we are, we are going to commune together from what comes out of scripture. Mm-hmm. And every single issue that um, faces us in our lives is dealt with just through the scripture. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about it and we relate it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, that's what's made it so real for someone like Susie, who had no experience at all, none. Mm-hmm. She didn't even know the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we, the first class she took with us was when we, t- we did the book of Luke, the mm-hmm. gospel of Luke. And she, I told, I told her, you will fall in love with the people in this story, mm-hmm. and they will become real to you. And so when Elizabeth conceives John the Baptist and has the baby in her tummy. She calls her, she called her Liz. Mm -hmm, We mm -hmm. would just crack up because Liz became someone she knew and so did Mary. Mm. It was was so sweet because she connected with the word of God and it became real for her own life. Mm I love this the um the passion you have for this. As a layperson, just saying. Hey, I just, gather some women. This is what I love. This is what I'm going to teach. I was a school teacher. I taught English. Uh-huh. And uh, so I've always loved teaching. There was nothing I ever wanted to do but teach. And um, and then when I didn't teach public school anymore, I felt really a call to teach small group mm-hmm. Bible studies. And I've done that for all these years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you see as some of the challenges for – I mean, okay, what I really like about small groups is they're intentional relational communities mm-hmm. that over time have the potential to give so much um, important things for life but also for the spiritual life. What do you see as some of the challenges uh, or things that maybe keep people from being a part of small groups? Well, I can use the example of a few that have dropped out of my class. <laughs> Uh, and and really honestly wanted to know why. Sure. And uh, and tried to tell them that I wasn't in trying to embarrass them at all, but I needed to know why that was not a comfortable place for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They didn't want to go into those deeper places. Mm-hmm. And almost without exception, they they were very intimidated by the intimacy. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to do that. They didn't really want to pray out loud and get comfortable with it. They did not want to. I mean, I train them how to pray out loud mm. so they're comfortable with it like it's conversation. Yes. And and, uh, and so that they can pray as if they're just having a conversation with God in the front of these other people that they're safe with. Uh-huh. And um, the other thing was the fact that there was so much openness and transparency in the group really was intimidating and scary to them mm-hmm. and uh, they were probably quieter more private people but had a lot of secrets had lots of things hidden and I knew that intuitively mm-hmm. but um, they just weren't in a place where they were ready to to go into those deeper places mm-hmm. one gal in particular wanted to come so badly to the bible study and so I made a space for her and she came a couple of times and she was so uncomfortable because free with each other comfortable and trusting of each other because I established from day one and I do this every year a couple times a year that everything that's shared in that group is confidential Uh and that confidentiality is the basis of trust so that we can Mm -hmm. feel safe Mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of times that's gotten violated over the years 
And uh, I was not happy about mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. because it did some damage. So the confidentiality has to be key mm-hmm, in a small mm-hmm. group because right. we're making ourselves vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And Dick and I are pretty well known in this community. And I've shared some really hard things in our marriage and with our kids that I don't want out <laughs> in the public. You know, right? And so um, it's it's very important to have confidentiality mm-hmm. and the part that was hardest for those who left was that they were they were uncomfortable and uh, frightened i think by that intimacy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which if they had stayed and could push through that wall mm-hmm, of observation mm-hmm. they would have been able to um grow sure. in a lot of ways it- and um and so that's probably the easiest way I could use to describe why people are scared to get into a small group. That's time good. commitment too. People don't want to put in that kind of time. Sure. It, Sometimes they just don't want to put that in their schedules, which will end up being the most important thing. To do. I have gals that have lived here and have moved away. Uh-huh. One drives up from Eugene every week, another down from Portland, another from Newburgh. Wow. Wow. uh, Some from way west, I mean, in Dundee and some other small towns in Oregon, they come from everywhere because they value that time so much. That community. As essential to their stability in their life. Isn't it interesting that one of the greatest gifts of a small group, potentially, I mean, if we think of Jesus in the 12, that I'm sure it was there, but one Mm -hmm. of the greatest gifts is this intimacy vulnerability being known, yet that's probably the greatest hindrance in it terms is. of the, the very thing with that. The very thing it does is the very thing that hinders some people. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think there's, it requires a certain bravery to be yes. vulnerable. Yes. I really... I, I say that to them. I say to the new people that have come and gone over the years... This is this is taking some bravery on your part mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. let down the walls, and I understand how difficult that is, and appreciate that, mm-hmm. and you just go at your own pace. Yep, now that's key, and isn't it? A year later, or a year, two years later, they just laugh at their how they were, you know, so reserved <laughs> and scared about sure. that, or and didn't want to pray out loud. You should hear them now. So it's just, <laughs> it's just like it opened a floodgate of uh, of of a sense of connection and that's the kingdom of God. That's what I tell them all the time. That's the kingdom of God. You enter into the kingdom of God when you completely surrender your own pride Mm -hmm. and fear Mm -hmm. and allow the Lord through others and through the Holy spirit to minister to you in a small group setting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's that's just been key to why I've done it all and why I'm still excited about it because it's so real, yeah. so valuable. I mean, sometimes I don't feel very good and don't want to do it, but I'm uh-huh. always uh-huh. glad I do because someone, something changes in one of their lives as a result of being there. Hmm. Well, I think I've come to form a sort of respect for people's fear in the sense that it's probably there for a reason. It's yeah. usually the result of, you know, getting Where they've been and in. people have been to them in their life, yeah. Yep. And so, um, I mean, and, and maybe it's just best for people to ease into things and to take their time. And- Absolutely. And so there is no pressure on them because I say if, if you don't want to pray, 
we'll just skip you. Just I'll look at you, and if you don't, if you shake your head, then we'll skip you. But I would love for it if you could. I begin every class with praise. Mm-hmm. We do full praise mm-hmm. for anything. Before we talk to each other, anything, we begin by praising the Lord because I've always believed that gets that ground, you know, fertile and ready to be planted. Sure. And so um, once in a while we'll sing something, but mostly we praise out loud. And I've kind of taught them over the years to praise God for who he is, Uh not for just what he's Uh done, but for who he is, and then move into what he's done personally in your life. And uh, it's a beautiful, Mm. beautiful Mm -hmm. symphony of prayer. When they begin, they just fold into each other. Mm -hmm. And that takes the first 15 minutes or so of our class time, maybe Mm -hmm. 20. And um, sometimes they're so full of thankfulness and gratitude that we just let them roll. <laughs> but, I, but, um, but when we are there for the word, too, and they've done a lesson, and I think that's really important we get to that because it kind of moves into other areas that need, to, mm-hmm. need us to change in. Yeah. And praise, a couple of them have told me, I didn't realize how important praise was in my life. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've learned how to do it. I use Psalm 103. They, we've memorized it, and they all say it together. The first part of, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Mm-hmm. Bless his holy name. Mm-hmm. And we've done the first of those verses because it says, He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit. And he crowns me with love and mercy. What else could you ask for? So that starts our, our our time out. Then we start doing yeah. questions. Oh, I love um, your enthusiasm after doing these for so many years. <laughs> you think I get tired of it, and they all say, "Don't quit, don't quit," <laughs> because because um, and any there's five or six of them that could lead the group. Right. I, it's just that I'm the one doing it, and. And I mean, they and they all do other things now. They have uh-huh. begun to branch out and do courageous things that they never thought they had the confidence to do because they know who they are and whose they are. Mm-hmm. And that's just mm-hmm. crucial. That's beautiful. What What would you say to someone who's you know uh, thinking about trying to engage more intentionally with people? Um, either in a small group or individually, and they're feeling a sort of nudge, what, what type of response might you give for someone uh, as a next step to try to pursue an intentional community? Well, a lot would depend on the circumstances. Sure. It is. I've had a couple of men ask me if they could come and be in my group, and I did have one man one, one time, um, and he until he died, he came to the group, so that was uh-huh. fun. But um, he didn't have a voice. He had had cancer of the throat, so he had to use his little Mm -hmm. thing. And the women loved that. It was quite a few years back in the 80s. But um, um, when when people seek to find a way to go deeper with God, it's just an open door to say... um, I mean, if they if they approach me, or even if I'm in a, in a conversation with them, and they say, "How how can I go deeper to trust more?" You know, I just say, "Get in a small group." Mm-hmm. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and sometimes um, I've on purpose not let mine get too big mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. once it gets right. up to twenty, it's really hard to do that. So I always keep it fourteen and under. Mm-hmm. And God's always worked that out without hurting people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Some come and some go. 
and it just seems to work out. Mm -hmm. And if if I know absolutely when someone's speaking to me, I want to go deeper with God. And it's there's I know there's space for them. I'll just invite them to come. But um, a lot of times I counsel them because we in our church we have the whole things based on small group. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. hundreds of small groups mm-hmm, in the church mm-hmm. that I attend, and people find that a really rich time. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't have the time to go as deep as we do because we start at nine thirty and end at eleven thirty. So it's okay. two, two hours. hours. Uh, two hours is a good time. That's a and that way we have time for prayer and we have time mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the lesson and. Um, and usually don't have that much time in the in the church small group. Sure, it's usually between services or whatever. You know, I mean, it's one service right. or yeah. I I found it help it good in groups to have a, an end time where people are released. I've sometimes been a part of groups that kind of stay open ended, yeah. and that gets frustrating because I you know if you have to be somewhere you feel like you're ditching out or something exactly and i and i all sometimes the gals have to leave for appointments or they have i've always said you come and go as you need to and uh and i've just not i've allowed that to not bother me Mm -hmm. because sometimes they just have to leave Mm -hmm. and so and i we do a circle in my living room with Mm -hmm. couches and chairs and and other chairs in there from the dining room and um so if they know they have to leave, they can sit in the one that's closest to the door and that right. kind of thing. Right. But, uh, but I do have an end time, and I do have a start time. And if they're not all there, we start at 930, period. Right. And we end at 1130 if it's at all possible, yep. unless there's just something crucial that we have to go over, usually not more than five minutes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I value people's time. Right. And, right. and I, I also think that people need to know there's a time when it's okay to leave the group. Mm, after a year. Or yeah, or, whatever. If they feel like they need to go a different direction, I'm so open to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, do what you need to do. And I don't ever make a look at what they've written or what they've studied or, as far as the lesson's concerned. Mm-hmm. It's just a tool for them. Yeah. But if they really want to get into the discussion stuff, they want to do it. Yeah. Because it's the only way they can really intelligently participate without yeah. just talking It's good to have topic. open hands with our communities. Yeah, it really is. To not hold and on to. To not have great expectations. Uh-huh. Um, to just know this is what I'm supposed to do for this period. And if you want to, fine. If you don't, mm-hmm. fine. Or if you need to leave or if you have to. I had a gal that was, she was just felt so guilty because she had to quit. I said, don't ever feel that way. You were there for a time. That's what you need to do now. You have a different place to be. Mm-hmm. And and it's important for leaders mm-hmm. of groups mm-hmm. to give people that open hand yes. liberty to come and go as they need to. Yeah. Oh, I I heard a story this weekend that, that I'll kind of share as we close things up. Um, I met a, a pastor. I was doing some speaking up in Canada. And he was working with this congregation on the discipline of worship and gave them some kind of challenges for the month to do. And one of them was to go visit another church. Mm. And he said, so one Sunday this month, I want you to visit a church that's different from our church or what you're used to and experience uh, worship in a different context. Mm. And I said something later, I said, do you, do you realize what you just did? 
he's kind of, well, I don't know. I want him to learn. <laughs> Someone's going to come back and go, you know, uh, hey, I've uh, found a new church. We're, we're, we're now leaving. And he just smiled and he said, well, that's so, great then. That's they do. Journey, then. Yeah. Um, and I love that open hands. You I know. do too because I see a lot of times in leadership in Christian circles that this is my group, my yep. church, my, my, my. Mm-hmm. And no, it isn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I when we built this house, part of the plan was for the groups that meet in this house. Really? Yes. Oh. When we when we built it huh. and thought about it, I wanted a room where I could stretch it and have it go into a dining room, which is uh-huh. exactly what yep. we have. And then at Christmas, when there's fourteen of us here. Then I move everything into the living room and we stretch that table. Uh-huh. I have a table that has four leaves. You know, it's, we're all just squished in together because everybody's big now. But, um, but uh, so that it could be that way. And so, just be, when we built the house, I had my Bible study in mind, uh-huh. plus lots uh-huh. of other groups that have met here for different things. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted that space part of the of the house mm. plan. Yeah. Because I knew that that was always going to be important to me. Yeah. So, or to, I, I felt like I, a, I love it. I mean, it's, it's something that in a way is so simple and small, but the, you know, 35, 38 years of doing the kingdom impact. Oh, I know. Uh, and just, just studying the word of God, you know, hmm. we did, we're doing Ruth and Esther now, and we just finished doing Colossians. Mm-hmm. And I just skip around from New to Old Testament and just have a ball with that because yeah. there's so much to learn and know that's different. And they learn history. They learn so many things. And some of them are terrible students, but they love this because mm-hmm. it's it's taking them into the Bible as if it was real to them. And, yeah. uh, uh, and so uh, I would say that for people that... And you don't have to be a pastor. I don't have any ministerial stuff. You know, I don't have that kind of training. But um, I didn't go to seminary. Mm-hmm. But I've studied the Word for years, and mm-hmm. it's just a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. and so, and do you know it's interesting, Nathan? No one has ever asked me why I do, do this. <laughs> You're the first person to ask me this. Well, that's good. That's so. Good. I I'm 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 just very honored that you would want to know that because even in Renovari, I'm, most people see me as just the prayer person. But mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. that's all. That's blo- That's come out of my love for the Word mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Uh, and the two incredible oh. ministry you've had under the radar. Yeah, it's beautiful. I don't care if anybody knows what I do, <laughs> except the people that need to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't. And so I love what your, that pastor did in saying, go visit mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. taste and see what the kingdom of God is like. Mm-hmm. And um, my, I have my, my more reserved gals that come from more formal churches mm-hmm. are, are at first taken aback by the charismatic ones, you know, but they, right. but pretty soon they start gleaning from each other. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. That's what's so neat about having that kind of a background. That's great. Well, Gail, I so appreciate you sharing with me and mm-hmm. us today. That's fantastic. It was, it was a wonderful time for me, too.